Welcome to our podcast. You're about to hear Roy Brown and Dr. Sean Cole discussing Tom of Finland's influence on fashion, moderated by myself. I'm Paulina Stolberg, and I'm the director of the Finnish Institute in London. This talk was part of a bigger Tom of Finland event and part of the Pride in London 2017 festival. We started the evening with a video where the enfant terrible of fashion, Jean-Paul Gaultier, explains his relationship to Tom of Finland. Tom of Finland's real name was Tolko Laaksonen. He was Finnish and lived from 1920 to 1991. His drawings have had a huge influence on the visual appearance, attitudes and self-understanding of gay people. Tom's raunchy leathermen are key icons of Western visual culture. Discussing Tom of Finland's work are Roy Brown and Dr. Sean Cole. Roy Brown, aka Roy Inc., is a singer, songwriter, producer and performer. He explores gender role expectations, both hypermasculinity and femininity, in his work. His work with artists like Sting, Donna Summer and Pet Shop Boys. And he has been shot by some of the coolest fashion photographers like David Bailey and Jürgen Teller. Dr. Sean Cole is an associate dean at the London College of Fashion. Dr. Cole has written and lectured on the subject of menswear and gay fashion, and his publications include The Story of Men's Underwear, published in 2010. Anyway, I'll let you listen to our discussion now. Okay. First question to Dr. Cole. Um, John Paul Gaultier said that he thinks of Tom of Finland as a designer who really loved clothes. You've written a lot about leather and fetish clothes. What was Tom of Finland's impact on gay stereotypes? I think one of the biggest impacts for Tom of Finland is that historically gay men had been presented as effeminate, as sissies and so Tom of Finland took the hyper masculine he took those archetypes that John Paul's laid out I don't need to talk about those those kind of archetypes of rugged masculinity that were so oppositional to what gay men were supposed to be and he said himself that when he started drawing you know he wanted to draw gay men who were happy and comfortable with themselves that weren't this kind of oppressed uh, effeminate stereotype not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with that um, quickly to justify before you all start shouting at me I could just hear what my first question was going to be throwing questions say, you know <laughs> historically speaking um, and I think he offered another way for gay men to look he offered a way of presenting who gay men could be at a particular point in time that coincided with kind of moves towards liberation, it coincided with gay liberation, it coincided with kind of changes more broadly culturally, you know, second waves of feminism, those other kinds of cultural changes. Um, I encountered Tom of Finland quite late in life. I mean, well, you know, but um, if you can all think of when, when you've encountered his works first and what what how it's impacted you but i'd like to ask roy inc so how did tom of finland influence your aesthetics i know he really has <laughs> i think when i was first introduced um through keke which is the small fanzines that he used to do um from the age of 
2021, it was apparent to me this was a, an artist that wasn't compromising. He wasn't being sorry for what his aesthetic was on the scene. And he was making a fantasy world for whoever was w looking at these magazines to be a part of. He wasn't sort of generalizing in anything. Um, so for me, seeing his work, I, I, I was just influenced by his not just his technique, but the fantasy on these individuals, these men. They were all fantasies, but we wanted to find out were they really ex out there? Were these men, do they really exist? No, they didn't exist. But in our world as gay men, we sort of like knew how to disguise ourselves, being whether you were out or not, being something other than who you really were until you became who you were. And it was almost like a gold, it was almost like a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory gold card ticket saying, you gotta be who you are, this is it. And my aesthetic from that was my nipples, the tattoos, and just generally throughout life, I started changing my aesthetic, but still being me. I mean, it's interesting you say that, because one of the people that I interviewed um, for, for the book, Dominar Gay Apparel, talked about when uh, he, first discovered the clone scene and for him and his group of friends the ultimate and I apologies to him if I misquote what he said the ultimate appearance was to look like a cross between Marlon Brando and a Tom of Finland drawing you know which I think you know again I didn't know he I didn't know he was going to say that you know so I think there was this yeah. very particular way of presenting but I think what's interesting is it offers a form of hyper masculinity but there's a knowingness, isn't there? And I yeah, think there's a code. There's a code. But also, I was really young when. What? No, no, no. <laughs> well, the codes, the codes consists of keys in the back pockets, um, handkerchiefs, which is a bandana, all different rays of colours. I'm sure a lot of the, the audience know what codes are when it comes to handkerchiefs. Do you all know codes? You know what left and right is. The left side is dominant which you give the left side the right side is receiving but also the right side also you can also dominate the left depending on what color that you wear any questions trust me <laughs> Q&A next door afterwards <laughs> well, I, what I would like to ask you actually was your first sort of like revelation on seeing a Tommy Finland drawing book. How did that influence you as a woman? Well, Tommy Finland um, has been really mainstreamed in Finland lately. Um, there's a, his biopic, Tommy Finland, the movie is coming out later this fall. He stars in it. And um, there's a lot of merchandising. There's, you can buy Tom of Finland vodka, Tom of Finland coffee, Tom of Finland bedsheets. Um, I have four kids and a dog, and we have Tom of Finland um, tea towels, <laughs> you know, of course. So, um, Tom of Finland dog. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've always seen him more as a, like a making nice pictures of like good-looking guys. But then I went to an art exhibition of his in Helsinki last, about half a year ago. And the first time, um, I, I couldn't look. I, I'm finished, <laughs> we're quite, you know, we're quite okay with sex, but you know, um, you know, can you do that? So I went a second time to take a better look. 
Well, that was the great thing about Tom of Finland, as all of us know who've actually seen his pictures, that it was okay to be who you are. It was okay to be gay. It was okay to have sex. And it wasn't sort of like this depravity of you were totally fucked up and a, a moron or you were pedophiles or whatever to have sex with another man. This was us as a community to stand up for who we were, whether you were black, white, East Asian, or whatever. Tom Finland celebrated all those pictorials. And I think it, it was almost like a, a fetish Bible to a community that could don and take on who you wanted to be. And it was okay to be that regardless of anything. He was unrepentant. That's one thing about Tommy Finley, he was so unrepentant. And that's what he taught me, to I don't give a fuck what anyone says, I'm me. Whether you like it or not. But do you have to be um, hyper-masculine? No. No. But I, th I think... I think we, so, we, like RuPaul said, we were talking about this. Show, we were we? talking about this. Yeah. RuPaul said, and to quote RuPaul at a Tommy Finland <laughs> <laughs> Q and A is a good thing. Yeah. RuPaul said, "You're born naked, and the rest is drag." <laughs> Thank you, RuPaul. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what's what what's great about, and we talked about this earlier, and you said, "Be careful if you raise this word." Yeah. There is an element of camp, and I say that in the way that it's a knowingness behind it. You know, there is this presentation of hyper-masculinity. There is this way that says, you can look this way, you can be yourself, you can be out and proud and open, not just about who you are, but what you do and... Totally. What you do, that's how I'm dragging myself into a hole there, aren't I? <laughs> um, but, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to always present as that kind of hyper-masculine, that you can play with that idea. And I think that's what yeah. it does. It, it's, you know, on one hand, there's a surface. On the other hand, there's something deeper about it. And I yeah, think absolutely. the body of his work, which goes from, you know, kind of quite tame to the sort that made you blush, mm. I think offers a full, a full range. But not especially celebrating a kind of... Uh, Avert effeminacy, apart from in his very early drawings when I think he was very much trying to come to terms with his own identity, and we have to think about the time in which yeah, he was true. doing that. So, true. yeah, and I think it was something that it's what the community took from his drawings as well. Whether you took it to um, just dressing up or to the fetish side of things or to the master Don side of things, which is very hardcore. And there's, they don't state anything to be feminine or camp or anything to do with the way they dress. It's a code, it's a lifestyle. They don't wear anything else but leather. And whether it's a Mercap or Sam Brown, that's their life. Their bed sheets are leather. They're, uh, and this is, this is the truth. <laughs> the bed sheets are leather all the furniture's leather, um, they have Tom Finland um, art pieces in their houses, and they don't mess around with being effeminate at all. But that's their take on whatever they've been sort of like induct inducted to for that from Tom Finland. And then there's the, those other great areas as well. So it also depends what you take from it. No, I think he's <coughs> coming to grey. Um, Tom of Finland, he's been such a big influence because I think his 
he's influenced also Fifty Shades of Grey and stuff that you know we housewives read. So it's <laughs> sometimes I've heard. <laughs> so his influence has been so big, but it's only coming to the mainstream now. I mean, but shall we take some questions? Dare we? Yeah. Okay, hands up. One brave person. <laughs> Obviously, the one that I know, as Sean knows. Yeah. <laughs> we planted some questions. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Um, I was um, really interested in, in your quoting of RuPaul and mentioning um, camp. Um, and my understanding of the, the Castro clone is also that there is a sense in which what it is doing is what drag was doing a way a uh, long time before in terms of, of playing with kind of gender performativity and, and, and performance of gender. Uh, so I was just wondering if you could kind of expand a bit more on what that does to, to masculinity because it's a kind of sense of uh, hyper-masculinity. Uh, but on the one hand, it also takes it to this place where it just revealed that some kind of, you know, I kind of think Tom Finland initially started out to, he started, he's a graphic designer in Finland, in one of the top agencies in Finland. So I don't specifically think that he went out of his way to change a whole community. I think it, we went, he wanted to draw images of men that he wanted to fantasize about. And I think that was the bigger picture for him. And it just, spread from there on, I think. It was just something that just but exploded. I, but I think we do have to think about it in the context, you know, we're celebrating Tom of Finland, and this isn't to deny his, his, his influence, but, you know, he was operating, you know, illustrating his popularity was through particularly his work in physique pictorial. So there were a whole set of other erotic artists, physique artists, whatever you want to call them, who were creating similar kinds of images. I think because he had such a distinct style and because he focused on quite particular expressions of masculinity, that's where his success lay, I think. And um, I've completely forgotten what your question was now. It was around... Um, around and I, but, I, but I think, you know, I think the thing... The thing about that pres presentation of hyper-masculinity with, with the sort of the clone scene, that kind of early 70s appropriation, was that it, in a way it was an appropriation, but it was a knowing appropriation. So, you know, a clone might be wearing a pair of jeans that might be worn by a cowboy or a workman. He might be wearing the work boots, but they're put together in a knowing way. There is a way that you can tell. There is an attention to detail. There is an attention and a knowingness. You know, the jeans are that little bit tighter. The shirt's that little bit tighter. You can imagine the rest. And the sandpaper crotch on the <laughs> jeans. Indeed. If anyone remembers that. <laughs> sandpaper in, getting a breeze block, putting sandpaper around it and wearing out the front of your jeans. So when you had your jockstrap on, you sort of emphasized Almost like a 3D effect. <laughs> and helps you mo more, more, more like you're endowed like a Tom of Finland drawing. Exactly. There you go. Smoking mirrors. <laughs> Shall we have one more question? <clears throat> Hello. Um, okay. Does it have to be a question? <laughs> <laughs> no. Depends what the alternative is. Okay. 
Um, I'd like to make a statement. The Kentucky closes at 12. <laughs> <laughs> this is the talking stick. It'll be three minutes promised, or two, two minutes, because that's a long time. Anyway, so I will ask a question as well, but I just want to make a statement. Um, I grew up in England, born in the 70s, and all I had was John Inman, Julian Clary, and who was the other one? Yeah, one of those. So they're all like an archetype, which was the camp femme guy. And then I discovered this when I was 14, and I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> holy fuck on a stick. And um, I'm, I'm na a natural bottom. That's the, yeah, stop being too intimate. I'm a natural bottom. Is that your question? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a certainty. That's a certainty. Good to know. But, <laughs> but when I saw Tom of Finland, he allowed me to express my masculinity as well as my femininity. He was suddenly this person that introduced beautiful, hot, confident people. Fucking. And I was like, sorry, those, yeah. My parents didn't see those ones, they just saw the other ones. I still have, I still, sorry. I still have Tom Finland on my walls now, it's quite ridiculous, but anyway, fucking love him. He, <laughs> he allows me to be what I am, cheers. Well, I would say the names that you um, just burned out, like John Inman, um, Frankie Howard, etc., etc., are all relevant, regardless of that's the the um, society's take on what the gay community should personify yeah. through entertainment. That doesn't whittle down to what the society is on the gay scene, but we're all relevant. And what he did was just to bring to the foreground a whole different aesthetic. Can I just make one quick statement? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, sorry. So, you know, everyone knows Quentin Crisp, and he referred to the great dark man, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Now, you said that actually this thing doesn't exist. Believe me, I've met them. <laughs> I've met them and I've had fun with them. Um, they do exist, but Quentin Crisp was the archetype. In certain contexts, whether it's the balls, the um, whether it's a steroid build, the, the, or the whatever. The context and the fantasy exists in here. Yeah. And I've met those people because I grew up with them being my fantasy, and they were for a night or two. So they do exist, trust they me. They do I, exist. I agree with you. So it's Quentin's Crisp sort of... Oh, it's over, it doesn't exist, to actually Tom gave me hope. They do exist and they do. <laughs> but but I, think, I think you have to take Quentin Crisp's comments in the context of who he was. And, you know, what he said was that he was looking for the great dark man. And today we might see this as not a very liberated way of thinking about it, but the minute the great dark man gave in to his sexual desires, he stopped being the great dark man. So, you know, I think Quentin Crisp's um, attitudes towards himself were set by the society in which he lived. And actually, you know, I have to say, and there was a kind of wave of femphobia that was applied to Crisp. And I think, you know, we have to celebrate, like we're celebrating Tom O'Fillan for his particular way of expressing being who he was. I think we should celebrate 
Quentin Crisps, and I think there has been a revival of that. And I think, you know, it's pride. We should be celebrating everybody. And I think there is scope, isn't there, for... Hopefully, we're at a point now where it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, Tom's GDM, whether you're, you know, your open bottom in this kind of audience of uh, of 200, or whether you're whatever. Sure, you know, let's celebrate think, us all. I think you don't realise that was his calling card to the audience. I know, I know, <laughs> I know what he was doing. Hey, <laughs> um, we're going to wrap up now. Thank you, Dr. Cole. Thank you, Roy Ing. Our Tom of Finland discussion was realised in collaboration with Pride in London at Prince Charles Cinema on the 6th of July in 2017. We wish you could have been there. We had a great time. You can find the Finnish Institute in London on our webpage, www.fininst.uk, and on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at FinInstLondon. Please stay tuned for Jean-Paul Gaultier's interview. He was great.